Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! This guy's that's a great broadcasting team and him, Mark Jackson, and of course, Mr. Breen. They're fun to listen to. Jeff says what's on his mind, and he joins us here. Mr. Van Gundy, it's been a long time. Welcome. How are you, pal? Okay? Good. Congratulations on UConn's victory in my backyard, so good for you guys. We loved it. Plus, I got a, uh, I had a, I got my son's a grad assistant up there, Jeff, so I really got a kick out no, of it and everything else. That's why I said, not, like, I'm, I'm familiar with one of the assistant coaches and know Dan, you know, peripherally, so couldn't be happier for those guys. Yeah, I do, and I had Wenzel in here for two days, and boy, you've said great things about. Why don't you start there? Because it's always good. Because you started your career with Wenzel at Rutgers, and he taught you a lot. Why don't you start there? I know you love Wenzel. Go ahead, start with that oh, one. Oh yeah. Well, I think you know what he did so extraordinarily well um, in my year with him was he took these guys who were accustomed to losing, figured out the best way for us to play to give us a possible chance at winning and because of the confidence that you know his intelligence uh brought to our team is that we were able to really overachieve and i saw how he did it in his personality you know you 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 work for coach patino he's got one personality and then you know i went to bob wenzel and he had a totally different personality but he did it in his own manner in his own way and you know he it was one of the great coaching jobs I've ever seen, you know, and I got to see it up close every day as his assistant. He, he did a miraculous job. He got that Rutgers team to the NCAA tournament, which talent-wise, it had no business being in the tournament. Wow, how about that? That's quite a, uh, it's quite a statement. All right, first off, let's talk about the play-in tournament. I think it adds a lot of juice. Do you like the play-in idea with Silva? Do you like these uh, four games here in these next couple of days? Then, of course, the two over the weekend. You like the concept of it or not? I didn't initially. I, I thought because when you compete hard and there's eight playoff spots and your team's seven and eight, well, you earned your way into the playoffs. And to have to double down and redo it in a two-game format where maybe a team gets fortunate or maybe you're not at, um, you know, at the best of health. From a competitive standpoint, I hated it. I, I still do. From a TV standpoint, it's excellent. It gets you two games earlier in this playoff run that have incredible meaning. So, you know, these next uh, three sets of days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, where you get the chance to, you know, watch these games play out. It's tremendous uh, for the fan, and it's awful for seeds seven and eight. Hmm. All right. Out of the teams, before we get into the matchups, and then we'll get into the teams that you think can win it. We'll go back to it at the end of our, our discussion here. Uh, are the Lakers... Very, very rarely. The thing I don't like about it is very rarely does a team that survives this playing is going to do any damage in the in the format of the whole tournament. You know, the eight seeds. You know, Toronto's not beating the Bucks, so part of it is you know, geez, what's the point if Toronto can't beat the Bucks anyway? Except this year, there's a different kind of team. Can you see the Lakers, who had a pretty good second half, who have two of the top, what, five, six players in the league when healthy, could you see the Lakers using this scenario, galvanizing themselves, win the night, four days off, and all of a sudden they got a little momentum? You see that in baseball with the Phillies. 
Could you see that this year? Because they're the most dangerous team that's involved here. Could you see that this year with L.A.? What's your take with that? Yeah, I think all four bottom seeds in the Western Conference, whoever they are, could beat the higher-rated teams in the first round. So the Lakers, without question, whether they're playing Denver or Memphis, uh, I, I could see them. You, you could see a case where they could win. Now, do I think they're still the underdog uh, in a slight way? Yes, but they have a pathway. Their, their, teams, uh, their team improved roster-wise so dramatically at the trade deadline, and you have to give Rob Palenka and his front office staff a lot of credit. And then the way that they were able to play without James, I think gave them a boost of confidence so that when they got James back, and now they're whole, they have a legitimate shot regardless of who they play in the first round. And so, like I said, I think all the top seeds in the first round in the Western Conference are vulnerable. You do. How many teams right now, I think there's five, and I'm not the expert, you are. How many teams right now in your eyes are good enough to win four series and 16 games? Well, in the West, I could see any one of six teams being able could to come really? out. And if you can get to the wow. finals, well, then, you know, you can win it, you know. So um, uh, so I think there's a number of teams in the West. And I think Milwaukee and Boston are the clear favorites in the East. And I think Philly has a, a puncher's chance. Uh, you know, Cleveland, I think, has done a great, great job. And a really good. They got a home run hitter in uh, Donovan uh, Mitchell, but I don't think they really have a chance to to win the East. Um, so I would say you know six teams probably out west and uh, three in the East. But I really think it's going to come down to in the East, Milwaukee and Boston. Well, we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, the most intriguing series and the funnest series for me, for a lot of reasons, proximity's got something to do with it. Jeff, I love that Golden State-Sacramento series. Thoughts on that for a sec. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Sacramento has done a tremendous job. If you remember just a year ago, Monty McNair, the Sacramento general manager, uh, traded for Sabonis and traded Halliburton for him. And he got absolutely crucified for that trade. But what that trade did was it gave them a star in the front court with great passing skills, sort of plays a lot like Jokic from Denver, and it set Fox free to become the player he could become. So instead of sharing the ball with Halliburton, it's clearly he is the point guard of the Kings. And when you have uh, that amount of uh talent from an offensive standpoint, you have a real chance. You have a real chance to become really, really good. And so um, I think defensively, they are in a struggle. You know, uh, the Western Conference is because they're not uh, a good defensive team, but they are a handful offensively. I think Golden State wins that series. Oh, you do? Okay, so you think Golden State, because of Moxie, uh, they have a lot of fans in the building, just experience, Curry, Hall of Famers. You you started, you started, you you got to the reason last, which was Curry. Like, Curry, um, 
you know, they've been so awful on the road this year, and Sacramento's been so good at home that that's a, that, those are going to be – you're going to have to play really well, better than they played on the road all year. Um, and so um, they've got their work cut out for them. You're playing in Sacramento, that's going to be the loudest arena in the playoffs. And so I just believe in Curry. I believe that their defense will be better in the – postseason than it's been on the road in the regular season and I think you know it's imperative though that Wiggins comes back and is an effective player and he's been out a long long time it's hard to do that after sitting out a long time but if Wiggins can play well I think they win that series you do all right um do you believe in Phoenix with only the eight games with Durant they won all eight hasn't played a lot do you believe in – I know they can get to a final and win it. Do you believe in the Suns? What's your take with them? Well, I do. I believe in them. And I also believe in the Clippers if Paul George is able to come back and play you know, good basketball. Both teams have been you know, riddled with uh, unavailable players. And some of that is they sit out on their own. Others is injury, but – both have had this up and down, you know, regular season, but both have incredible talent. The Clippers were my pick to start the season. Uh, Paul George is so impactful that he would have to play for them to beat uh, Phoenix. But I think if if George is healthy and can play effectively, this is could be the best series in the playoffs. Wow, you like it that much, huh, boy? I I'm, do. Uh, can I think they can win it all. You think Phoenix can win it all or not? Yes. Yeah, but I think a lot of teams in the West, because the West isn't nearly as good as the East this year from a you know top-down standpoint. You know, I think the you know best teams in the league are are in the East. You know, the top three. But somebody's going to come out of the West. It could be somebody from you know. For you know, from Phoenix on down, from standing standpoint, you know maybe Memphis can win it. Maybe Denver. I don't. I don't see that. But um, I just think like you know somebody's going to come out of the West that's that's going to play against a better team in the East. And and when you get to the finals, you've got a shot. One injury here, one shot there. You know, a bad call or a good call goes your way. You know, you become, you know, dangerous uh, along with the confidence that's built up from winning, you know, multiple playoff series. Jeff Van Gundy, of course, he'll be busy with ESPN. Knicks-Cavs is the most interesting series to me first round in the East. I mean, I see that being, I think Cleveland will win, but I see that being a seven-game series. Mitchell may be the difference. Cavs home court. How about Knicks-Cleveland first round, Jeff? What do you see there? I see it a little bit different than you, Chris. I see, you know, Cleveland being a prohibitive favorite because. Oh, of, do you really? Do you really? Yeah, wow. I, I think the home run hitter in Donovan Mitchell, like he's the one guy that's really proven in his role that he is a great playoff performer. Brunson had a good success with Dallas last year in a secondary role. Now he's got to be a primary, you know, the guy. Um, and everybody else from the two teams, you know, we'll see who can step forward and, and play well. And I think the biggest difference that very few that I've seen who are writing about the series have talked about 
is the lack of rhythm that the Knicks are going to have coming in. You know, Randall, if he's available, has missed a number of games in a row, hasn't played in a game for a while. Brunson's missed, I think, 11 of the last 14 games. It's hard to play well in the regular season without rhythm, and it's particularly hard to play well in the playoffs without rhythm. And that's why, you know, they've had their top three scorers miss a number of games here down the stretch, and I think it's going to be really challenging for them to get off to a good start in Cleveland because of that. Wow, fast. Interesting there, right? Um, Back to the West for a second. You know, the Morant thing, I haven't seen him recently. I know last year, even without Morant, half the time against Golden State, they had a chance to at least get to a seventh game, and they gave the Warriors almost in a lot of ways a better push than the Celtics did. Um, What is your take on Memphis? How do I read them right now in this Western Conference? Let me get a feel on them. Go ahead. Well, they've been decimated by injuries, particularly in the front court. And because of that, they're not nearly the same team that they were uh, last year from a playoff perspective. And, you know, Steven Adams is a huge loss. Um, they They just don't have that same, you know, front court. Uh, trio that they had so I think that's a big change but they're still very good they they can score they have some very explosive perimeter players Morant obviously Desmond Bain I think they have great depth on the perimeter I just wonder can they hold up in the front court Um, because you know when you take you know big time injuries to key players you know Clark and Adams man that that is rough to have them both, you know, go out with season-ending injuries. All right, so you think the Lakers could beat them in a seven-game series? Yes, yeah, and I, and I, but I, but I still think L.A. would be the underdog, slight underdog. Memphis uh, could easily win that, but I think that's like a pick'em type of series. You do. All right, Denver. They didn't play great down the stretch. I'm assuming that Murray is where he was before he had the torn ACL. You can answer that. We know how good Jokic is. They should have a relatively easy first round compared to everybody else. Lakers win tonight. They know they'll play Minnesota OKC or New Orleans, which is a lot easier than playing the Lakers. Um, So maybe they can get a little break in round one, but they're going to probably get maybe Phoenix or the Clippers in round two. I think Phoenix. We'll see about George. Can Denver make a big run? What are they missing, Jeff, to get to a final? Let me hear about the Nuggets. Well, I think what Denver does is they do such a great job of maxing out what they have talent-wise in the regular season that sometimes they may not have another gear to get to uh, in the playoffs. And it's no fault of their players. It's just they do a great job. They, they play excellent basketball. They get the most out of themselves. And it, you know what? To me, in the, the Western Conference, Denver somewhat like New York is. They, they, they may not have another gear because their players put a, put a lot into it. They're so well coached. They don't, I'm not sure they have enough weapons to get all the way through four series. But Jokic, for whatever reason, I I didn't think he went after in the last, like, three weeks of the season. He didn't go after the MVP like Embiid did. He didn't try to really put a stamp on it. it. Had some very, like, lackluster games 
which really, when you've looked at him, he just really doesn't have. He usually just is so good and so consistently good um, that they hit a little bump in the road. I I, I think they're vulnerable in in the first round, uh, regardless of who it is. Uh, I think Oklahoma City is dangerous because of the pace they play at and their incredible uh, the season they've gotten from Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think New Orleans is as talented as any team in the NBA when Williamson plays. Now that's obviously a huge question mark. Uh, Minnesota. Um, I gotta say I was surprised Kyle Anderson didn't get suspended too for his part in that dust up. Uh, the other day, but, but they have a talented team. You know, Anthony Edwards is really good. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is a great offensive talent. So I, I think no matter who Denver plays in the first round, they're going to be challenged. They're going to have go. to play a lot better. They're going to have to play a lot better, and they're vulnerable. Interesting. All right, Philly-Boston round two. You like Boston? How many games and why? Well, I like how Boston matches up with both Philly and with um, Milwaukee. I think they have the depth of inside players, if they're whole, to be able to handle all different matchups. Uh, Embiid just crushed them in their last regular season game. I think he got 50, and he did an unbelievable job. And, you know, in Philly, they with Embiid's 50, they beat Boston – you know, in a very tight game down the stretch, and I think they were missing Jalen Brown in that game. So I just think Boston's, like, I, I think their roster construction is tremendous. I thought they were going to win it last year. Uh, give credit to Steph Curry. He was just magnificent in the finals, and really I thought it was an upset, and, and he did such a marvelous job. Um, but I think Boston, you know, I think – they have what it takes to, to win it all this year. You do, yeah. Um, and you think even without the home court against the Bucks, if they play them, they can win a game seven in Milwaukee. They did last year in a game six when they were down 3-2. So, and he had 46. Yeah, well, and, they, go ahead. Yeah, Milwaukee, though, like, you got to love them, too. Like, I, you know, obviously, Adetokounmpo, you know, he gets all the accolades he should. He's just... Not only is he a great player, but what a great teammate, great leader. Um, they put around him oh, such a well-constructed constructed roster. And last year, if you remember, uh, Milwaukee punted home court advantage. Yeah, they did a terrible yeah, job. Yep. No, they, 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 they gave it no value, and they right. lost in Game 7 on the road. And, and this year they have it. Um, I don't know if it was any more of a goal for them this year because of what happened to them last year, but they have it if it comes down to that. And I think that, you know, anytime, you, whatever small edges you can gain in the playoff, you take as many as the best possible chance at success. Right, and that seventh game helps. If you, could, if you were coaching right now and you could take one NBA player that is in this postseason to have the best chance to win a title, and there's a lot of choices, who would Jeff Van Gundy take? I would take Durant. Who would you take? Well, you, listen, when a guy shoots 55 uh, four from three, you're not picking wrong, I'll tell you that. And that's the thing. When you ask those type of open-ended questions, there's so many right answers. 
because there's so many talented players. You know, if you could say, if you said Curry, you wouldn't be wrong. If you said Jokic, you wouldn't be wrong. Embiid and Adetokounmpo, Tatum, you you wouldn't be wrong on any of them. And I think the most overlooked guy in all of this, who I think should be first team All NBA, is Donovan Mitchell. I, Donovan Mitchell is such an elite scorer and he's done it in the playoffs as the best player. He doesn't have to change roles. He doesn't have to ascend to a greater talent. I, I, I think again, Milwaukee and Boston are clearly the favorites in the East with Philly right there, but don't sleep on Cleveland because of their, of Mitchell's greatness. And they are a really good defensive team. They have size. Um, how many game sevens could we get in the first round? I'll, I'll ask it this way. Golden State-Sacramento, is that a seven-game series? I think it's six. All right. Memphis and the Lakers, is that a seven-game series? Six. Uh, Denver, you picked the team you wanted to play. Minnesota, OKC, New Orleans. Will Denver have to play a seventh game in round one? No. Clippers. Well, I, I don't think it'll go to – hold up. When I say it won't go to game seven – I'm not saying who I think is going to win. I, I think Denver will win, and I don't think it'll go to seven. All right, good one. Clippers-Suns, is that seven games? Go seven. I, I, I think that's going to be a phenomenal series. I just hope Paul George, and He's I don't healthy. know where his health is, but I hope it's, it's there because to see Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant and Paul George and Devin Booker match up for seven games – what a great chance for NBA fans to witness five, true, true greatness. Five yeah. Hall of Famers. Five Hall of Famers. Um, yeah. in, the, in the East, is the Knicks-Cavs a seven-game series? I don't think so. Nobody. Uh, so the only seven-game series we could get in the East, in your eyes, is Milwaukee, is Boston-Philly and Boston-Milwaukee? Yeah, I think both of those could be. I think the greater chance is if it got – to Boston, Milwaukee, that it would go seven. All right, so uh, I, uh, would would Denver, Phoenix be a seven game series? Again, I just think Phoenix, the, the, their talent level trumps home court uh, in that series. If they so were in able, six, in six. Yeah. All right, Golden State against either Memphis or the Lakers, seven game series. Yeah, it could be. Either one of those series could be really like from from their play this year. There's nothing that produces this great confidence that from this, you know, because they've been so great at home and so bad on the road. There's nothing that they've done on the road this year that inspires confidence that they can get it done, even in the first round against Sacramento. Except that they have Steph Curry, and they, with Wiggins coming back. They have a chance, I believe, to regain their defensive uh, dominance in the playoffs. And Sacramento, to me, you know, they're, they've been so great on offense. You know, statistically, they've been the best offense ever, which is crazy, right? Like, the best offense ever is, you know, Sacramento, whether you believe in those stats or not. But defensively, they've really struggled. And they're going to, I just, I have, I just think that. Somehow, Golden State's going to play better when they're whole defensively on the road and be good enough at home uh, yeah, to be able I can to see withstand. That. Yeah, yep. I just do. 
All right, so it sounds like you're going to pick a Phoenix Golden State Boston Milwaukee semifinals. Is that correct? Well, I'm not really sure out west because I just think it's so open. And I, for definitely, I'm picking Milwaukee Boston in the Eastern Conference. All right, who would win that seventh game, Milwaukee and Boston? Yeah. If it went seven, you you know I'm never going to bet against the home team in Game Seven. So if it goes to seven, you know then Milwaukee has earned that right, and I think they would end up winning. But I still think Boston would have a you know a great chance to win it in six. Wow! So you think uh, you're going to stick with your six in the West and two in the East, maybe a third, but probably two in the East to win an NBA championship. That's yep. who you're going to stick with right now. Right now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, who is the – now, give me an answer before you go. You've been very good here, as you always are, and we haven't talked to you in a long time. Who is your – be fair. In a seven-game series, what coach do you love out of all these teams? They got a lot of young coaches. Darvin Ham, young coach. What The Oklahoma City coach, young coach. In a seven-game series, who uh, the Boston coach, young coach. Seven-game series, who do you like strategically – coaching in a seven-game war who's the best one no i i don't think you can really do it like that chris i think what you do is you look at guys and do they coach their team well and i don't think youth has a lot to do with it the guys you just mentioned mark dagnalt from oklahoma city he could easily be the coach of the year if not for mike brown uh and what he's done with sacramento this year um you know people use the word adjustments and a lot to try to either prove or disprove coaching acumen. And I don't think most people who talk adjustments really know what adjustments are about. There are very few strategic adjustments that turn series. Usually the biggest adjustment you can make from one game to the next is playing harder, turning the ball over less, and shooting the ball better, both from the perimeter and from the free throw line. That's how games are usually turned. It's not some miracle that you come up with in a lab, like, oh, we're going to dump Evan Mitchell uh, in pick and rolls. Well, he's faced all year. Or we're going to switch and double him late. He's faced that too. So these these teams, because of the great skill level, or they face the defenses they're going to face in the – in the playoffs, the intensity is going to be ramped up. Uh, the knowledge is going to get ramped up because you play the same team, you know, possibly up to seven times in a row. But it's it's usually not a coaching adjustment. I think coaching is at an all time high in the NBA now. Like there, even the guys being let go. Like you think about it, right? The worst records in the league this year. The three worst records were Detroit, San Antonio, and Houston. Uh, Detroit's coach, Dwayne Casey, has proven in Toronto he's a great coach. And he's taken them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And they've been a championship-caliber team. And he's won high 50s when he had really good teams. And then you have uh, Greg Popovich, who everybody knows a great coach, right? And Steven Silas uh, went to Houston and... Uh, Harden and Westbrook demanded out, so what he thought he was taking over ended up to being one of the youngest teams 
probably younger than San, uh, San Diego State. They are younger than San Diego State <laughs> starting lineups, right? So it, it's this game is about the coaches can lose, but coaches don't win. And I think you know it's the players and it's their it's the it's the talent and it's the skill level and it's the poise under pressure. And when you see guys like Gobert and Anderson or Mason Plumlee and Bones Highland or Jaden McDaniel with Minnesota, right? There, the pressure got to them and they snapped. Well, that is that's hard to overcome. Your best players got to be good enough and they got to be poisoned. Pal, we're looking forward to it. We'll see you tomorrow night. Games tonight, Jeff. Thanks for so much time. Enjoy the playoffs. Appreciate you coming on. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.